This podcast is a production of Phoenix Media. Explore more episodes of this show and other great shows on the Phoenix Media Podcast Network by visiting phoenixmedia.us. The views expressed do not necessarily represent those of the company or its advertisers and may contain language that's unsuitable for younger listeners. Thank you for tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. I'm your host, Christian Phoenix. Now, growing up as a comic book fan of the 80s and 90s, I've always been fascinated with how storytellers translated these iconic heroes from the page to film, television, and radio. Long before we got the big-budget CGI epics we enjoy today, children gathered around their radios to hear their favorite do-gooders come to life with little more than their imaginations and these broadcasts from a time long forgotten. I invite you to gather around your radio for this presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. And now, the adventures of Superman. Escaping to Germany with a piece of the kryptonite fragment which robs Superman of his strength, Der Teufel, a brilliant Nazi scientist, made his way to a secret cave in the Black Forest where several leading Nazis were hiding. Teufel told Professor Milk, a chemist, that if the kryptonite could be dissolved, the resultant solution injected into the veins of one of their followers would create an atom man, a human monster, generating sufficient atomic energy to first control Superman and eventually bring the terrified world to its knees. Forty-eight hours have now passed, and neither Superman nor the Allied police have been able to locate Der Teufel. Once more in his guise of Clark Kent, the man of steel nervously paces the floor in the office of Colonel Greeley, chief of American intelligence in Berlin. Listen. For heaven's sake, sit down, Kent. You're getting on my nerves. Oh, I'm sorry, Colonel. I guess my own nerves are getting a bit ragged. It's just that Teufel has that kryptonite, and he's a, he's a brilliant scientist, and... Well, he's performed some experiments, something to do with an atom man, which he says will rule the world. Can't you believe that? Well... Say your nerves are in bad shape. It's just that I know Teufel, you don't. And I know the power of that kryptonite. I tell you, Teufel must be found, and found quickly. He, he must. But I need help. Even I can't examine every nook and cranny of Germany and all of the hundred billion people in it. Fearful as he has never been before, Clark Kent, who is Superman, waits for some word of the Teufel. Meanwhile, at a little village near the Black Forest, a young military police sergeant named Bill Nelson has just alighted from a train after a 48-hour leave. In a jeep with Corporal Harry Marks, he is returning over the dark road to his base. Say, what's that new gadget on the dash, Harry? Looks like a radio. It is. We're in style now, Bill. Regular big-time cops. They put a two-way set in here the day before yesterday, the day you went on leave. Say, pretty snazzy. <laughs> Turn it on, see if we can get Bing Crosby. Are you kidding? Let's see what headquarters has to say. Number three, South Central Occupation Zone. All military commanders and occupation police stand by for important announcement. Oh, what's this? It is believed that a dangerous German scientist named Der Teufel is now disguised in ragged clothing. Oh, that again. Carrying papers identifying him as... Friedrich Melker of Nuremberg. This man must be apprehended 
Please repeat. He is about five feet seven, weight one hundred ninety pounds, wears thick eyeglasses. He is believed to have in his possession a small piece of green, glowing, radioactive metal. Take no chances with this man. He is dangerous. That is all. We've been getting that announcement every couple of hours since you left. They must want that Teufel guy bad. Wonder what that piece of metal is he's carrying around. Friedrich Melker. You know, I've heard that name before. You have? Where? I can't remember. Because I know I heard it someplace. Say, seems to me there's somebody in the movies or on the radio named Melker. Oh, I got it. An opera singer. Melky Orr. That's why it sounds familiar. Oh, yeah. Maybe that's it. Sure. I'll spruce up, Bill. There are the lights of the inn. We'll be at the base soon. You want to look sharp when you meet up with the CO again. We got a lecture this morning about getting sloppy on occupation duty. Oh, I saved on the trip. Harry. Stop at the end. What for? What's at the end? I just remembered. That's where I saw Fred, Frederick Melker. What? Now, wait a minute. Uh, I saw him, I tell you, two nights ago, just before I went on leave. Go on, pull up in front. You saw him where? In the dining room. He was with Gottfried, the innkeeper. Gottfried said he was his cousin. Gottfried did? Listen, are you sure? Sure as I'm sitting here. I was making my last check before going back to the base. And this short, powerful German was with Gottfried. He was wearing ragged clothes and a patch over one eye. I asked him who he was. He said he was Frederick Melker from Nuremberg. I asked him for his papers. Did he have them? They were in order, all right. So I left. But holy smokes, Harry, that guy was Teufel. Then what are we waiting for? Come on. Oh, it hasn't closed up yet. Oh, you better check your gun. Yeah. It's okay. Let's go. I didn't see anybody around when I was here yesterday or today. We well, could be hiding in one of the rooms. In the summer. If he isn't, Gottfried will know where he is. I never did like that rosy cheeked crowd. Always fawning. Well... We are. You're in charge, Sergeant. Proceed. The place looks empty. Here comes mine host. Ah, guten Abend, meine Herren. To what do I owe We came to see your, um, cousin. My, uh, uh, cousin? Yes, yes, you remember. He was here two nights ago. His name's Frederick Melker. Nobody in the dining room, Bill. Oh, oh, my cousin Frederick. Yeah, yeah, of course. I'd forgotten he was here. He stayed so short a time. You mean he's not here now? Oh, nein, nein. He left soon after you did, Sergeant. But um, why do you wish to see Frederick? Are you kidding? You know, doggone well that... Just a minute, Harry. Where did he go, Gottfried? He said he was returning to Nuremberg. That is his home. I see. Mind if we look around a bit? No, look around, of course not. But uh, We'll take a look at the kitchen first. Come on. No, no, you lead the way, Godfrey. Uh, yeah, yeah, of course, of course, but I do not understand. I tell you, boy, don't just not... What? He told behind the bar. Huh? Dirty bum, come back here, Godfrey, or I'll drag you out of there. Oh. Harry! Harry! Godfrey! My leg. Look out, Bill. Yeah, I see him. He ducked too quick. Harry, all right? Just my leg. Oh, never mind me, Bill. Watch when he shows himself again. You better come out from behind that bar, Godfrey. I will come out when you are both dead. Listen, you fool, you can't get away. You better come out while you're still alive. Oh, yeah? I show you. He shot the light out. Watch it, Bill. Stay down, honey. We can't see the bar. He can't see us either. Yes, he can. There's a little moonlight coming in from the window behind us. Oh, you seek that toyful, eh? <laughs> yes, and we'll get him, and you too, Godfrey. Nine, it is I. I who will get you, you American swine. <laughs> Sit tight, honey. I'm going after him. Oh, Bill, you can't see him. Morning. Just hug the floor, fella. What, Bill? Quiet. Uh, uh, I got you. No, peek, American. Uh, Bill! 
Give me Bill. I'm shot. Bill. Bill. I'm okay, Harry. I think he's done for, though. How about you? You sound hurt. Uh, he nicked me in the side. You stay here. Where are you going? I'm going to the car. Radio. Gotta call the base. Bill. Bill. It's okay. I, I, I can make it. I hope. Gotta get the car. Call the base. Get up. Tell him. Hurts, hurts. I, I don't know if I can make it. Getting his teeth with one hand close to his wounded side to ease the pain, Sergeant Bill Nelson crawls, falls, and crawls again, slowly and tortuously toward the jeep. Will he make it? De Teufel is at this moment in the secret cave in the Black Forest, less than a mile away. Superman, if he were here, could see him. We'll return in a moment for the climax of today's episode. But first, here is your announcer with a friendly tip. Gang, you've heard the word barter, haven't you? You know, B-A-R-T-E-R, barter. That's the ancient way of buying things before they invented money. Means the same as trading or swapping. Well, that old system of barter has sure been brought up to date since the Kellogg Company began packing those brand new comic buttons in packages of Kellogg's Pep. Why, kids are bartering with those swell comic buttons right and left. For instance, you'll hear a fella say, uh, trade you Superman for Uncle Walt. Or a girl might say to her pal, I've got an extra smiling jack button to trade. Now, that's so they can round out their whole collection of 18 different buttons, each one with a different funny sheet character on it. These new comic buttons are doggone good-looking, too. So, how about getting your collection built up? Ask Mom to get you a package of that super-delicious whole wheat flake cereal, Kellogg's Pet. Because that's the only way you can get these new comic buttons. You don't send in any money, not even a box stop. Can't buy them, in fact. But inside every package of Pep, there's a swell prize. One of these brand new colorful comic buttons or a military insignia or warplane button. That's P-E-P-F, made by Kellogg's of Battle Creek. And now, back to the adventures of Superman. As Sergeant Bill Nelson, badly wounded, is trying to reach his car to inform headquarters that De Teufel had been in the inn near the Black Forest, Teufel himself, with a Nazi chemist, Professor Ernst Milk, stands at a rough table in the secret cave a mile from the inn. In a test tube, suspended above an improvised oil burner, a small piece of green glowing metal in a purplish liquid suddenly crumbles. There is a white-hot flash. And then the liquid in the tube turns green and boils violently, emitting a scorching green steam. Ah, Himmer, you've done it, Milky. Ah, Teufel, the kryptonite is at last dissolved. Wonderbar. My converter is already prepared. It remains only to select the one among us who shall become the savior of the fatherland. I have been considering that for I worked. He should be young, or at a man, and strong. Yeah. And imbued with a hatred for our enemies. And I have decided that my son is the perfect choice. Your son? Ah, I have observed him. He is young and strong, and uh, he did well in the war, did he not? He received the Iron Cross from the hands of the Fuhrer himself. I've spoken to him of this experiment. He begs for the honor. Good. Prepare him, then. In a few minutes, when the kryptonite solution has cooled, we will inject it into his veins. <laughs> and in one hour, the first atom man will walk the earth to bend first Superman to his will, and then the rest of the world. One hour. In one hour, the Teufel states, an atomic monster will leave the dark cave in the Black Forest 
First to subdue Superman, and then all civilization. Is there a chance yet for Superman to stop him? Only one hour remains. Sixty minutes. What will happen? We'll find out tomorrow. So don't fail to be with us then, fellows and girls. Tune in, same time, same station, and thrill to the adventures of Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Fellows and girls, be sure to follow the adventures of Superman. Brought to you every day, Monday through Friday. Same time, same station, by the grand old Kellogg Company of Battle Creek. And for other thrilling adventures of Superman, see your local newspaper. Superman is also a copyrighted feature appearing in Superman DC Publications. Oh, my precious. Ooh, yeah, let me tell you something right here. Uh-huh. It's the Loot Crate subscription box, yeah, full of exclusive loot. Fun surprises delivered to your door every month. Just pick up your favorite geeky genre, daddy. <laughs> From the original Loot Crate, the Loot Crate DX collectible boxes, dude. Cowabunga. To the Loot Gaming video game box. Woohoo! Wowzers! With crates starting as low as $11.99 per month, those are facts just about for all collectors. To get your geek on, head over to phoenixmedia.us forward slash loot crate and claim your exclusive offer. That's F E N I X media.us forward slash loot crate. Great Scott! Snap into a loot crate, dig You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. No, it's Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane, it's Superman. And now, the adventures of Superman. In a secret cave in the Black Forest of Germany, a Nazi chemist succeeded in dissolving a piece of pure, highly radioactive kryptonite, which had been stolen by Der Teufel, a brilliant but unscrupulous scientist. Teufel prepared to inject the solution into the veins of a young Nazi, who, in a short time, he said, would become an atomic monster, able to generate such intense power and energy within his body that the entire world, including Superman, would become his slave. Meanwhile, an American military police sergeant named Bill Nelson had traced Teufel to an inn from which an underground tunnel led to the cave in the forest. In a gunfight with the innkeeper, Nelson and a companion were wounded. And as we continue now at the American occupation base in a nearby village, a radio operator hurriedly summons Major Carroll, the commanding officer. Listen. Major Carroll, will you come here, sir? Uh, yes, Teufel, what is it? We've been getting a signal from Sergeant Nelson, sir. I think he's in trouble. Well, what kind of trouble? I don't know. I can't quite make him out. Something about... Listen. Nelson. Calling. Base. Nelson. There he is again. Calling. You hear him, sir? Yes, answer him. Base. Well, I, ha- I have, but he-, he doesn't seem to hear him. Well, try again. South Central Zone 3 to Sergeant Nelson. We hear you. What's the trouble? Come in. What's the matter with him? He doesn't answer. No, he doesn't. Need help. Wounded. 
Says he needs help. He's wounded. Ask him where he is. Yes, sir. Where are you, Bill? Where are you? I... I... Trace. What was that? Something about Trace. He said that before. Troy... Teufel. Great Caesar. He's trying to tell us he's traced to Teufel. Tell him we heard him and ask him where he is. Yes, sir. We heard you, Bill. You traced Teufel and you're wounded. Tell us where you are. In. In? Where? Gottfried. He said the Gottfried. He must mean Gottfried's in. I'll go there at once. Now stand by, Corporal. I may have an important message for you to in Berlin. Lieutenant Harris, Lieutenant Harris! As Major Carroll and a detachment of soldiers start for Gottfried's Inn, Superman, unaware of this latest development, has made an important decision. After one more fruitless effort to find Der Teufel, the man of steel, in his guise of reporter Clark Kent, has just entered the office of Colonel Greeley, Chief of American Intelligence. I've come to say goodbye, Colonel. Goodbye? Where are you going, Kent? Back to America. But you're here on the Teufel story. You're not going home before we find him. I must. If he hasn't been found by now, he won't be. Nonsense, Kent. It may take time, but we'll get him eventually. Eventually is too late, Colonel. One week more, even one day more may be too late. Too late for what? To save Superman. And perhaps far more than Superman. Save Superman? Oh, you're harping on that kryptonite nonsense again. Yes, believe me, Colonel, it isn't nonsense. Kryptonite is Superman's one mortal enemy. Oh, come now, Kent. Believe me, it is. And now their Teufel has it. He's one of the most brilliant scientists Germany ever developed. And he knows the power of that kryptonite. He's trying to develop some sort of an atom man with it to rule the world. An atom man? Huh? Yes. Look, Kent, you're too smart a reporter to believe anything as fantastic as that. Well, he said the atomic bomb was fantastic too, Colonel, before the first one fell on Hiroshima. Yes, but an atom man? That's too incredible. I hope so, but I'm not at all sure. That's why I can't waste another minute. I've got to get back to Metropolis where Dr. Where, where a friend of mine is trying to perfect a defense against the kryptonite. A defense for Superman? That's right. So I'll be saying goodbye, Colonel, and thanks for everything. Well, there's nothing to thank me for, Kent. I've enjoyed having you around. But have a nice trip home and say hello to the Statue of Liberty for me. I will. So long, Colonel. Goodbye. Now, well, let's see. Plenty of deserted offices at this late hour. Yeah, this one will do. I'll just close the door. And out of these clothes. Oh, Colonel Greeley thinks that nothing for Superman to worry about, eh? Well, I know there is. Dr. Millicent must find some defense against the kryptonite. That's my only chance to survive. There we are, all set. Up with this window. And back to Metropolis. Up! Up! And away! Leaping high into the starry night sky, Superman streaks away to the west across the continent of Europe and out over the broad Atlantic toward Metropolis. Meanwhile, in a musty, dimly lit cave deep in the black forest of Germany, the dread menace which Superman fears is being prepared against him. On a rough bunk lies a tall, slim, blonde-haired young German. His eyes are closed and he breathes heavily, laboriously, his chest straining to its utmost as the breath rasps from his lips. A long rubber tube extends from a taped clasp on his forearm to a glass vial suspended above the bunk in which the last drops of a thick, brilliantly green liquid are disappearing into the tube. Leaning over one side of the bunk, his eyes popping behind thick lens spectacles, is Der Teufel, his fingers on the sleeping German's pulse. On the other side, his face white and tense, stands the shaggy-haired chemist, Professor Milch. 
How is his pulse pointed? It is very rapid. But in a few moments, when the kryptonite solution is taken into his blood, it will recede to normal. You say it will, but how do you know such an experiment as this has never been attempted before? I am confident we will succeed. You are confident. Uh, it is not your son who lies there, it is mine. You offered him uh, for this great service to the fatherland, and he pleaded for the honor. Do you now regret it? Nein, nein, of course not. It is just that now I'm afraid for him. You should not be afraid. Rather be proud. For I give your son the opportunity of visiting such terror and destruction upon his hated enemies as is almost beyond imagination. But first the great Superman will bow to him and do his will. Yeah, yeah, that is good, Teufel, good. Why does he not regain consciousness? The solution is all gone now for the vial. In a moment. The kryptonite is a great shock to his system. Remove the transfusion too. Yeah. I will attach the converter so that when he awakes, he will be ready. Yeah. That small square box you attach to his throat, that is the converter? Yeah. It fits above the jugular vein. Now, this little switch here. When it is thrown, an impulse flashes to the kryptonite in his blood, rearranging the outer structures of the atoms. They rush toward his hands, on which he will wear the meshed platinum and thorium gloves I showed you. At that point, the nucleus of the atom is broken, and there will emerge from his fingers such a stream of energy that anything in its path, be it men or great buildings or even mountains, will disappear as if they had never been there. Yeah, yeah, the theory I understand, Teufel. You need not lecture me as if I was a schoolboy. But so far, it's only a theory. My son's life is at stake. What I wish to know, will the theory become a fact? Wait. It begins. You mean... See, his labored breathing subsides. And feel for yourself how his pulse beat lowers. Yeah. Yeah, it appears normal now. And see, his eyelids flutter. Yeah. In the moment, Milch, in the moment, our atom man will be born. Rigid with excitement, Der Teufel and Professor Milch bend over the tall, blonde German youth on the bunk as the other Nazis in the cave crowd close behind them. We'll return in a moment for the dramatic climax of today's episode. But first, here's a mighty swell suggestion. Say, gang, you'll want to spread the news around to all your friends that you're collecting those slick new comic buttons that now come in packages of Kellogg's Pet. Because that's the only way they'll know you can trade duplicates with them. And you won't want to miss out on that fun. You want to be sure you round out your collection of all 18 different buttons. Yep, that's 18 different comic strip characters. Like uh, Smitty and K.O. and Herbie and Superman, of course. And the best part is, you don't have to send in a single penny for these sharp new comic buttons. Not even a box top. Fact is, you can't buy them anywhere. But you can ask Mom to get you a package of that super delicious whole wheat flake cereal, Kellogg's Pet. Inside each package, there's a thrilling prize. One of these bright new comic buttons or a military insignia or warplane button. Remember, that's P-E-P, Pep. Made by Kellogg's of Battle Creek. And now, back to the adventures of Superman. In a musty, dim-lit cave in the Black Forest of Germany, where de Teufel has injected Professor Milch's son with a solution of kryptonite, Teufel, Milch, and ten other Nazis gaze down breathlessly at the tall, blonde, young German on a rough bunk. One minute. Two minutes have passed since the youth's eyelids quivered and he seemed to be regaining consciousness. Now, Professor Milch's voice trembles as he says... What is wrong, Teufel? 
Why does he not to regain consciousness? I do not know. See how pale he is. But his thoughts, feel his thoughts, it grows so faint. Yeah, I do not understand. But why do you just stand there, do something? There's nothing that I can do. Everything seemed most satisfactory. He seemed to absorb the shock of the transfusion well. You saw yourself how his labored breathing subsided and his pulse lowered. Perhaps in a moment... In a moment he will be dead. Give me no more words. Save my son. Do something, I tell you. Restrain yourself, Mary. Restrain myself. I tell you that my son is... There's no heartbeat. There must be. There's not. He is... He is... You murdered my son, Doyle. Impossible. Everything went as planned. My, my computations son. were exact. Uh, I checked them over you and over. You killed him, I tell you. You killed him. Impossible, my I say. Son. Impossible. My I could not make such a mistake. It is impossible. Scowling, the Teufel shakes his head stubbornly as he glowers down at the pale, motionless body of the young German on the cot. Is the youth really dead? And has der Teufel's monstrous plot against Superman and all civilization failed? Or is the crafty and brilliant scientist right when he continues to repeat? Impossible, I say. He cannot be dead. Der Teufel cannot be wrong. It is impossible. What is the truth? Don't fail to hear tomorrow's exciting episode when we learn... Tune in, same time, same station, for the adventures of Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Fellas and girls, be sure to follow the adventures of Superman. Brought to you every day. Monday through Friday, same time, same station, by the grand old Kellogg Company of Battle Creek. And for other thrilling adventures of Superman, see your local newspaper. Superman is also a copyrighted feature, appearing in Superman DC Publications. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. No, it's Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. And now, the adventures of Superman. In a secret cave in the Black Forest of Germany, a brilliant but unscrupulous Nazi scientist named de Teufel has injected a solution of pure kryptonite into the veins of a young Nazi the son of Professor Milch. Teufel said that when the youth awoke, he would generate such tremendous atomic energy within his own body that the entire world, and even Superman, would become his slaves. Meanwhile, unable to find Teufel, Superman has returned to Metropolis, where a leading American scientist is trying to discover a defense for him against his mortal enemy, the kryptonite. As we continue now, in the musty, dimly lit cave in the Black Forest, Ten Nazi leaders crowd around the rough bunk on which Milch's son lies, pale and motionless. Almost two hours have passed since the injection. Milch, frenzied with grief, addresses the squat, scowling Teufel. You... you have murdered my son, Teufel. Nonsense, Milch. See for yourself. He has no pulse, no heartbeat. Nonsense, I tell you. Everything went as planned. I myself tested the kryptonite solution. My computations were exact. I, I checked them over and over. Your computations were false. Your whole plan was mad. I should have known better than to put 
my son's life in your hands. Restrain yourself, yeah. miss. I warn you. You warn me. Who are you to warn me? It's my son who lies there dead. He will yet revive. He must live. Or the kryptonite was dissolved and is now assimilated in his body. Here's our last chance, our last hope. The knife is dead and you killed him. And for that, for that I shall see to it that you too shall die. You are a fool, Milch. You should know better than to frighten me. I said your son will yet live. But if he does not, then he died for the Vaterland. The Vaterland? Who are you to speak of the Vaterland? All that you ever did was for yourself, for your own selfish ends to gain power and money. That is a lie. It's a truth, and you know it. Was I not in the Chancellery the day that your first rocket bomb fell on England? And you boasted to Hitler. You and I, Führer, will rule the world between us. You did not say Germany would rule. You said the Teufel would. I live at the General of Bromberg, who was present. General, is it not true what I've said? Gentlemen, please, we cannot afford to quarrel among ourselves. There are too few of us left. Then take this fool Milch away what? from me until he calms down. I must take A you. fool am I, wise? Yeah, you are a great fool, Milch. Uh, a disgrace to our noble cause. I am a fool, am I? A disgrace to our cause. I'll show you, you murderer. The allied soldiers in the forest who hunt for you. I'll bring them here. What? Milch? You'll pay for murdering my son. He leaves the cave. Stop him. He only threatens Teufel. He is grief-stricken. When he comes down... The fool will do as he says. After him, all of you. Nine. The light soldiers are all about. They will see us. Then I will go alone. Quick, General, give me your revolver. Nine milk can be trusted, I tell you. And he is our only chemist, a great chemist. I tell you, the fool will betray us. Give me your gun. Well, here it is. Good. Now remain here quietly, all of you. I will take care of the traitor and return. The boy cannot be dead. There is still a chance. Rushing from the cave into the dense forest, the Teufel furiously pursues Professor Milch. Meanwhile, summoned by the wounded military police sergeant, Bill Nelson, Major Carroll and a squad of American soldiers have arrived at Gottfried's Inn, hardly a mile away, under the cellar of which an underground tunnel leads to the Nazi secret cave in the forest. After treating the wounds of Sergeant Nelson and his companion, Corporal Harry Marks, Major Carroll and an army doctor have just found Gottfried, the innkeeper, who lies faintly breathing behind his bullet-shattered bar. Major Carroll... Uh, doctor, Gottfried's alive. Maybe he can tell us about the Teufel. Yes. He's done for, though. You better make it fast. He can't last much longer. Listen, Gottfried. You're in pretty bad shape. Yeah. I know. Tell me, Major. What will happen to my wife? If she was working with the Nazi underground, too, she'll have to take the consequences. Oh, but uh, she was not. I, I swear it. Your word is no good to me, Gottfried. Now tell me. Uh, listen. If I tell you where the Teufel is, Major... Yes? You will promise to be lenient with my wife? I can't make any bargains with you, Gottfried, but I'll tell you this. Uh, my government wants Teufel badly. If you help us get him, we might be disposed to deal more kindly with your wife. Yeah, yeah, I will tell you. Listen, you know the road which goes from the Black Forest to the south of your camp? Yes. If you follow that road almost to the end of the forest, you will come to where it branches off. A wagon trail goes to the south, and the narrow... Foot trail to the southwest. For perhaps five miles on the foot trail is a small log house where the game warden lives. And there, if, if you make haste, you will, you will find Teufel. You mean that? Yeah. yeah, he is there now. But you, you must hurry. Tonight he meets someone there. Tomorrow he, he departs. You're giving me a bum steer, Gottfried. It won't do your wife any good. No, no, I am not. You men have already looked through the inn and found nobody. 
I know I'm dying, Major. I think only of my poor wife now. But you must hurry, or the Teufel will escape from you again. All right. We can be back in a few hours. I'll leave a car here, Doctor, in case you want to take him to the hospital. Right, Major. Lieutenant Harris, station a guard around the inn and hold anyone who comes here. Right. Johnson, Henshaw, Cohen, get in the car with me. Yes, uh, take the forest road just beyond the camp, Sergeant. Yes, sir. And step on it. Speeding away from the inn, Major Carroll is unaware that the wily Gottfried has sent him on a false trail and that a few hours' delay in discovering the secret tunnel under the inn may mean the difference of life or death to Superman. We'll return in a moment for the startling climax of today's episode. But first, here's our good friend. You know, gang, the weekend is a swell time to check over your collection of those new comic buttons that come in packages of Kellogg's Pep. See how you're coming along. How near you are to having all 18 different buttons. You'll probably want to round up your pals, too, so that you can all trade duplicates. Because these buttons are really worth having. The colors are bright as anything, really stand out against the clear white background. There are 18 different buttons in all. That means 18 different funny sheet favorites. What's more, you don't have to send in a single penny to get these smart-looking comic buttons. Not even a box stop. You can't buy them anywhere because they're exclusive prizes in packages of that super delicious whole wheat flake cereal, Kellogg's Pep. So how about asking Mom to get you some Pep tomorrow? Then inside the package, you'll find an exciting prize. One of these slick-looking new comic buttons or a military insignia or warplane button. There's one in every package of P-E-P, Pep, made by Kellogg's of Battle Creek. And now, back to the adventures of Superman. Thirty minutes have passed since de Teufel left the secret cave in the Black Forest in pursuit of Professor Milk. Now, as the tall, gray-haired General Bromberg and nine other Nazi underground leaders wait nervously around the rough bunk on which Milk's son lies, Teufel re-enters the cleverly concealed mouth of the cave. Teufel. Yeah, here is your gun, General. Two bullets are missing. You will find them in Professor Milk's bag. Ah, what have you done? There are only a handful of us left, and Milk was our only chemist. And he was a great chemist. He was a fool, and his stupid childish sentiment would have made him a traitor. This is no longer his son who lies here, but the future savior of Germany. It is now you who speak like a fool, Teufel. This boy is dead. He cannot be. I made no mistake. He is dead, nevertheless. His heart has stopped beating. And when I placed a mirror to his mouth a moment ago, not the slightest mist came on the glass. I tell you, it cannot be. He must live. Every ounce of the kryptonite is in his body, and I can get no more. This is our last chance, our last hope to conquer first Superman, and then the rest of the world. This is no time to speak of conquering Superman, Teufel. Your stupid shooting of Professor Milk endangers all of us. The Allied soldiers will find him and extend their search for us. We must leave here at once before it grows light. But first, we'll bury this boy. Done. Yes, within him, the kryptonite, the power to destroy our enemies and make me, all of us, such emperors as not even Hitler dare dream of being. A dead youth has this power? He is not dead, I tell you. He cannot be. Where are my papers, my computations? Ah, here they are. We'll check them again. Perhaps some small thing been wrong which I can rectify. We will pay no attention to this madman. Weissman, Jodl, Schmidt, Keller. Take space and dig a burial hole and rear the cave. Schnell? I hate you. Cannot do it. If you interfere, Teufel, you will be shot. What? You dare to speak to me that way to the Teufel? Now listen to me. I will not listen to you. 
You endangered us in coming here with your crazy schemes. And now there are two less of us. If you must go too, it will be no loss. What? I... Silence! Giselle Borman, carry young Milk to the grave. Need not be deep, only enough to escape attention. No, wait! One more step, Teufel, and I will pull the trigger. All right, Giselle, take him. No, wait! General, look. Look at what? Young Milk. See, his chest moves. He's breathing. Oh, no, Victor, it cannot be. It is. See for yourself. He breathes, I tell you, he breathes. And see, the color comes what? back to his cheeks. He lives. Yeah, it is true. See, all of you. My atom man lives. Young Milk lives. Now it is the end of Superman and of all who dare to defy the Teufel and the Master German race. Ha <laughs> ha! I have won! Ha <laughs> ha I have won! <laughs> his frog-like eyes shining behind his thick-lensed spectacles. His fat hands clenched triumphantly above his head. The Teufel chortles with maniacal glee as the slim, blonde German youth on the rough bar opens his eyes and breathes deeply. Then looks around at the ring of excited Nazi leaders above him. It's this young German in whose veins runs the pure, dissolved kryptonite, now an atomic monster, before whom the world, but first Superman, are doomed to bow in slavery or suffer utter destruction. Don't miss Monday's thrilling episode, fellows and girls. Tune in, same time, same station, and listen to The Adventures of Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Fellows and girls, be sure to follow the adventures of Superman. Brought to you every day, Monday through Friday, same time, same station, by the grand old Kellogg Company of Battle Creek. And for other thrilling adventures of Superman, see your local newspaper. Superman is also a copyrighted feature, appearing in Superman DC Publications. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. No, it's Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. In a secret cave in the Black Forest of Germany, where several former Nazi leaders were hiding, a brilliant but unscrupulous Nazi scientist named Der Teufel injected a solution of pure kryptonite into the veins of a young German named Milk. Kryptonite, which is Superman's mortal enemy, is the most radioactive element in the world, Teufel said. And he promised that when young Milk awoke, he would be an atomic monster, generating such tremendous power and energy within his body that Superman and perhaps the entire world must acknowledge him as their master or be destroyed. For hours, the youth lay in a coma. Finally, unable to detect a heartbeat, General Bromberg, leader of the Nazis, ignored Teufel's frantic protests and ordered a grave to be dug. But as we continue now in the musty, dimly lit cave, Teufel suddenly cries out, Wait, General, look! Look at what? Young Milch. See, his chest moves. He's breathing. Oh, no, Vesel, it cannot be. It is. See for yourself. He breathes, I tell you. And look, the color comes back to his cheeks. Yeah, it is true, Teufel. But how can this be? His heart had stopped. It had not really stopped. But without a stethoscope, it could not be hurt. See, all of you, my atom man lives. <laughs> Young Milch lives. And now it is the end of Superman and of all who dare to defy the Teufel and the master German race. Ha, ha, ha. He speaks. 
Come closer. Be quiet, everyone. General Bromberg. Oh, April, what is this? His his voice is so deep now. How do you feel, Milk? I feel strange. So light, as if I had no body. But I feel strong. Never have I felt so strong before. Uh Uh, Good. Can you stand? Stand? Of course. Why not? Let me see you. All right. There, you see? You do not feel dizzy? No, I feel fine. So strong, as if I could carry all of you on my shoulders. Good, good. good. But why do you ask, Toy? Why do all of you look at me so strangely? What has happened? Do you not remember the kryptonite? Kryptonite? Ah, yes, the strange green glowing metal which my father dissolved and which you injected into my blood. Yeah, yeah, you remember the rest? Yes, you said it would make me uh, an atom man. You said I would only have to hold out my hands and such a stream of atomic power would flow from my body that... that... No, it can't be. It can be and it will be. You have now such power that no army, however vast, can stand before you. Not even Superman can resist you. I? I have such power, Teufel. You have, my son. I can't believe it. I do not believe it, Teufel. I will prove it to you. First, the gloves. Gloves? Yeah. Here they are. Put them on. Uh, what strange gloves. They seem to be made of some meshed metal. They are made of platinum and thorium. You must remember always to put them on before you touch the converter. So their fingers will emerge the atomic power in your body. They fit well. You spoke of a converter? Yeah. It is that small square metal box attached to your throat. It, too, is made of thorium and contains a tiny electronic tube. Then you turn the little switch and impulse flashes to the kryptonite atoms in your blood. No! Do not touch the switch. You will explode all of us into nothing. You can't be serious, Toy. You will see for yourself. Come. Where? Outside the cave. You two get our bomb work and all you others come with us. Go quietly. There are live soldiers all about in the forest. It's still dark, General. Follow me now. You will go to the top of the small hill just ahead. Why do we go there, Teufel? In a moment, you shall see. As soon as we reach the top of this hill. Be careful. The light soldiers may have heard the shots before and be searching for us. You can stop fearing the light soldiers, General. Soon all of them will be the slaves of my atom man. <laughs> An atom man? You speak like a fool, Teufel. It is impossible. Fantastic. So they said of the first automobile and the airplane and the telephone. <laughs> and so they said of the first atomic bomb. But an atom man... I said you shall see. Here. This is far enough. All of you stand behind us. Now what? Now comes the demonstration of how the master German races guided by me shall rise again to destroy our enemies and rule the world. Yeah. (laughs) Now, young men, you will listen to me and do exactly as I say. You are ready? I am ready, Teufel. Your gloves are on firmly? Yes. Let me see if the converter fits exactly over your chocolate vein. Yeah. You have felt where the switch is. I know. Uh, do not touch it yet. You are facing us. Turn toward the cave below. All right. What do I do now? Now. Turn the switch on the converter. All right. There. What happens? That sound. My voice. What an unusual voice. You are now an atom man. Your voice is the voice of atomic energy. The kryptonite atoms rush through your blood to your fingertips, where they will emerge in an unbroken chain of unlimited power. What is that? Point your hands at the cave, quickly. Yeah, Teufel. 
As the slim, blonde, young German raises his mesh-gloved hands, a brilliant white light which seems to illumine the entire forest flashes above him. And then there is a tremendous explosion. What has happened? We'll return in a moment to find out. But right now, here's a word from your announcers. You know, one of the swell things about collecting these new comic buttons that come in packages of Kellogg's Pep is that you're already acquainted with the characters. Sure, you've been following their adventures in the funny papers for ages. So uh, when you get a button with a picture of Winnie Winkle on it, well, it's uh, kind of like meeting up with an old friend or Superman or Harold Teen or any of the 18 different buttons in the series. And is it swell fun to get a new button for your collection whenever Mom opens a package of pep or to swap duplicates with your friends. And the best part is, you don't have to send in a single penny to get these keen-looking buttons. Not even a box stop. Fact is, you can't buy them anywhere. They're exclusive prizes for you in packages of that super delicious whole wheat flake cereal, Kellogg's Pep. Inside every package, you'll find one of these sharp new comic buttons, or military insignia, or a warplane button. Remember, that's P-E-P, Pep, made by Kellogg's of Battle Creek. Now, back to the adventures of Superman. On a small hill in the Black Forest, a young German named Milk, into whose veins der Teufel has injected the kryptonite solution, turned the switch on the small converter at his throat, raised his mesh-gloved hands, and pointed them toward a cave a hundred yards below. There was a blinding white flash, which seemed to light the entire forest like day, and then a violent explosion. As we continue now, der Teufel laughs softly and gloatingly as the young atom man, General Bromberg, and nine other Nazis gape wordlessly at a great canyon-like hole in the forest floor in which giant trees are uprooted and tons of earth and rock flung wildly into the air have fallen to form new grotesque mounds in the darkness. Then Teufel reaches from behind the atom man to turn off the converter at the youth's throat. Well, gentlemen, what do you say now? I, I cannot believe it, Teufel. Look, the cave is no longer there. It... It is as if a giant bomb dropped or an earthquake. Did I really do that, Teufel? Of course you did, my boy. <laughs> did I not say that you now have unlimited atomic power within your body? Uh, it makes my head whirl. Well, I'll destroy all the Allied army camps. Come on. Control yourself. It is I who give you your power and I who can take it away. Do you understand that? Yes, of course. I understand, Teufel. It is I who will command, and you who will obey. What are you getting at, Teufel? It is necessary that this boy and I understand each other. Now, hear me, Milch. You will leave here at once and proceed to America. America? Yeah. You will go to America and take care first of Super. Ah, I enjoy that. He ruined many of our greatest plans. But how will I find him? In Metropolis, there's a large newspaper called the Daily Planet. Uh, I know the paper. When I studied journalism in an American college, we often referred to the Daily Planet. Good. You may be able to secure a position on the Daily Planet. Tell them you will do anything. Sweep floors, anything. But secure a position on the paper. Why? Because the Daily Planet alone has contact with Superman. You will discover what that contact is. I see. All right. When I have finished with Superman, what then? You will then go to a certain address which is sewn within your right glove. You feel a label in the glove? Mm. Yes. You will find me there. If not me, then another whom you will recognize. I or he will give you further orders. Make haste, Turfer. I see flashlights in the woods. The soldiers must be coming. Yeah. Go then, Milk. Oh. 
Yes. In America, you must not have such a charming sounding name. Let me see. When I was at school there, I was Henry Miller. Ah, Henry Miller it is then. In your jacket are forged papers and a passport. You will proceed to the village of Neuheim, where you will board a train for Berlin. From there, arrangements have been made to take you to Metropolis by plane. Sorry now, the flashlights come closer. Oh, wait. Take off the mesh gloves and pull the collar of your shirt about the converter. All right. Now go, hurry. All right. Wait. My father, where is he? I hoped I would not have to tell you. When you were in a coma, he left the cave. He was mad with grief, thinking you had died. Two American soldiers saw him and shot him. The swine! Where are they? I you will them. revenge yourself on them or all their countrymen in due time, but first you must take care of Superman. Then the rest of the world. Go now. Yes, I'll go. I'll take care of Superman. And then of all the United States. Auf Wiedersehen, Teufel. Goodbye, General Bomber. Goodbye, all of you. Hide. Turning abruptly, the Atom Man plunges into the brush to begin his vengeful journey to Metropolis, the Daily Planet, and Superman. And so the first dangerous link is forged in the chain that may soon render Superman helpless. From now on, it's a battle to the death. So don't miss a single episode from now on. Tune in tomorrow and every day, Monday through Friday, same time, same station, and thrill to the adventures of Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Fellas and girls, be sure to follow the adventures of Superman. Brought to you every day, Monday through Friday. Same time, same station. By the grand old Kellogg Company of Battle Creek. And for other thrilling adventures of Superman, see your local newspaper. Superman is also a copyrighted feature appearing in Superman DC Publications. Get this and previous episodes of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater wherever you get podcasts or by visiting phoenixmedia.us forward slash silverageheroes. Join us again, same bat time, same bat station, for another presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. Excelsior! Thank you for tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. I'm your host, Christian Phoenix. Now, growing up as a comic book fan of the 80s and 90s, I've always been fascinated with how storytellers translated these iconic heroes from the page to film, television, and radio. Long before we got the big-budget CGI epics we enjoy today, children gathered around their radios to hear their favorite do-gooders come to life with little more than their imaginations and these broadcasts from a time long forgotten. I invite you to gather around your radio for this presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. 
claiming that he could transform a human being into an atomic monster who would be able to control the world, a brilliant but unscrupulous Nazi scientist known as Der Teufel injected a solution of kryptonite into the veins of a young German named Heinrich Milk. Wearing meshed gloves and a tiny converter at his throat, Milk, in a test, lifted his hands, and a violent explosion ensued which uprooted giant trees and tore a huge canyon-like hole in the Black Forest. Telling the awed youth that his first task was to conquer Superman, Teufel ordered him to go to America, where he had been educated, and under the name of Henry Miller, secure a position on the Metropolis Daily Planet, which was said to have contact with Superman. Meanwhile, having been unable to find Teufel in Germany, Superman has returned to Metropolis, and as we continue now, he is entering the laboratory of Dr. James Millison, a famous American scientist. Listen. Clark Kent said you wanted to see me, Doctor. Yes, Superman. Come in and sit down. Can't we talk right here? <laughs> if you're worried about the sliver of kryptonite... Frankly, I am. As you know, I can't come within ten feet of it without losing my strength. Well, you're quite safe in this laboratory. The sliver was destroyed. Come to my desk. Destroyed? Yes, in a final effort to discover the cause for its strange effect on you, I placed it in the cyclotron and bombarded it with atoms. Here we are. Sit down. Thank you. Well, don't keep me in suspense, Doctor. Were you able to find a defense for me against the kryptonite? I'm sorry to say I wasn't. Oh. I did my best, believe me. Yes, I'm sure you did. I tried everything, every method known to science, and all the knowledge of electronics developed during the war. I even called in three of my colleagues, the leaders in the fields of chemistry, and biology, and atomics. They couldn't help either? No. You see, your problem is most unique. It's without precedent. You can withstand the most intense power known to man, and yet you're vulnerable to the kryptonite in its stable state. That is, before its atomic structure is disturbed. Yes, why is that? That's the crux of the problem which we can't discover. I can only guess at the answer. You were born on Krypton, where the radioactivity of the planet's elements gave you your amazing power. Yes. But here in the atmosphere of Earth, the chemical structure of your body must react in the opposite way to the fragment of kryptonite and make you weak. I can't tell you why that chemical change takes place. Well, can't you find out... I mean, perhaps some, some element or vitamin in my system breaks down. If we found out what it was and I absorbed a great quantity of it... I thought possibly... of that. I even considered exposing you to the tiny piece of kryptonite I had and then subjecting you to a blood test. And then I remembered your skin was impenetrable. Yes, yes, that's so. Doctor, something must be done. Der Teufel has a piece of that kryptonite. We traced him to Germany, but he disappeared there. Now, I know he intends to use it against me and then against the rest of the world. Tell me. How large is the piece of kryptonite Teufel has? Oh, roughly about the size of that paperweight on your desk. Uh-huh. Not very large, but the stuff is amazingly pure. You wouldn't need much of it for a bomb powerful enough to destroy all of Metropolis. What? But it's impossible. He'd need a huge factory, and the occupation forces now control all the factories in Germany. But suppose he doesn't intend to make bombs. Teufel told a henchman of his that he intends to create an atom man with the kryptonite. Oh, what? An atom man. Some kind of monster he said would be able to control me and enslave the rest of the world. What in thunder did he mean by that? I don't know, I'm sure, but I'm worried. Teufel is a brilliant scientist. I know he is. He won prizes in science twice before the war, and we know he's the man responsible for the rocket bombs the Nazis used. But an atom man, I, I can't imagine what he meant. No, I can't either. Unless... Unless what? Unless he had some mad idea. Doctor, would you say it was possible to... Well, to somehow incorporate the kryptonite in a man's body? Good heavens, no. The stuff would probably kill him in besides... besides... it was very pure. Yes, as a matter of fact, it contains practically no impurity. Well? That's another amazing thing about it. But introducing it into a man's body, why... Even if it could be done and the man lived, what would be accomplished? 
If Teufel discovered a way of harnessing and then loosing the tremendous atomic power you say there is in the kryptonite, while it was in a human body, well, he'd have his atom man, wouldn't he? <laughs> Not even Teufel is that clever. Forget such a fantastic possibility, Superman. Would you say it was impossible? In science, we rarely say anything is impossible. But I'll go so far as to assure you that such an atom man is practically impossible. Well, that's a relief. Now, if only there was some defense for me against the kryptonite. I know the Teufel has some plan up his sleeve, and apparently its success depends on getting me out of the way. As I told you, I haven't been able to invent a defense against it. But I'm working on something now which may help you. You are? What's that? A detector. Detector? Yes, we were able to measure the humming sound the kryptonite makes and its gamma rays. Using a radar principle, we're completing a detector now which will warn you of the presence of the kryptonite while it's still some distance away. How far away? Well, that can't be determined accurately. It'll depend on the quantity of the stuff, whether or not it's subdued by other elements and so on. But the detector will certainly register its approach within 100 yards. Well, that'll give me a fighting chance at least. I won't be taken by surprise. Uh, when will this detector be ready, Doctor? Late today, I hope. Oh. Two of my assistants are working on it now. Would you like to see how they're progressing? Oh, I certainly would. It might make the difference between life and death to me. Come with me. Thank you. There's a small laboratory behind that steel door where I do my most important work. Oh. Here we are. In just a moment, this door's always locked. Come in. Thanks. This way. Those two men across the room are working on the detector. I'll bet they jump a foot when they see Superman in person. As Superman and Dr. Millicent enter the private laboratory, an angry scene is taking place in Perry White's office at the Metropolis Daily Planet. Seated at his desk, the gray-haired editor scowls furiously at Jimmy Olsen, the freckle-faced cub reporter. And you say Kent just walked out of the office again, Olsen? Well, he didn't walk, he ran. And he didn't say where he was going? No, sir. He got a phone call, grabbed his hat and beat it. Did he say when he'd be back? No, he didn't. Well, how do you like that? Whenever Mr. Kent gets an ocean, he wants a vacation, which has been happening practically every day recently. He, he, he just takes it. Oh, I don't think he went on any vacation, Chief. I mean, Mr. White. You don't think? Do you know where he went? No, but Do you I... know where he disappeared to yesterday? No. Or the day before that? No, but or I... Or the day before that? The three days before that? No, but I... Well, neither do I. Neither does Lois. Neither does anybody except Kent himself, and he's not talking. Well, I'm sure it must be something important. Something important? Something too important to tell me, his editor? The poor fish who pays his salary? What am I around here anyway? The office boy? I mean the coppice boy, mate? Uh, I mean the office boy? Right, now take it easy, Chief. You'll blow a gasket. It's my gasket and I'll blow it if I want to. I'll blow a million of them. But your blood pressure. It's my blood pressure, too. Olsen, I put up with all I can stand from, can't I? I, I won't put up with any more. For years, I've stood for his disappearing whenever he felt like it and, and then popping up again. But this... This is too much. This is the last one. But, Mr. White... Ever since that, that piece of kryptonite was stolen from the museum a couple of weeks ago, Kent's hardly been in the office at all. Oh, but he... that's what it is. Mr. Kent must be trying to find the kryptonite. Ah. He said Superman was what? in great danger from it. Superman in danger? Well, of all the, 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 the poppycock. If that's what Kent's wasting the Daily Planet's good money on, it's time he learned a lesson. Yes, sir, he needs a lesson, and I'm going to teach it to him. Well, what do you mean? I mean, I... <laughs> oh, what's that? Oh, oh, the intercom. Well, what is it, Miss Blackrock? There's a Mr. Henry Miller to see you, Mr. White. Who? Mr. Henry Miller. Henry Miller? Henry Miller? Oh, who's he? Henry Miller. Is this the young Nazi in whose blood runs the dread kryptonite? We'll return in a moment for the exciting climax to today's episode. But right now, here's a word from your announcer. 
You know, gang, it's not often you can get such swell prizes without sending in any money, not even a box stop. I'm talking about those brand new comic buttons that now come in packages of Kellogg's Pep. They're so easy to get. Easy to look at, too. Bright comic strip colors, sparkling white background, sturdy metal buttons you'll get a kick out of wearing on your jacket or dress or cap. And what a kick you'll get out of collecting all 18 different buttons, trading duplicates with your friends, and comparing notes on how many you've collected so far. You know, these are real true-to-life pictures of your favorite comic strip friends, like uh, Moon Mullins and K.O. and Smiling Jack and Superman, of course, 18 of them in all, each one just about the best-looking thing you can imagine. So how about getting busy on your collection? Today, ask Mom to get you a good supply of that super delicious whole wheat flake cereal, Kellogg's Pet. That's the only way you can get these new comic buttons, you know. You can't buy them anywhere. You don't send in any money, not even a box stop. You just look inside the pep package and see which prize you find. A nifty, colorful comic button or a military insignia or warplane button. It's a prize for you from P.E.P. Pep, made by Kellogg's of Battle Creek. Now, back to the adventures of Superman. In his office with Jimmy Olsen, Editor Perry White has just been informed by his secretary on the inter-office phone that a Mr. Henry Miller wishes to see him. Henry Miller? Oh, who's he, Miss Backrack? Oh, he's young and terribly good-looking, Mr. Good-looking? White. Who asked you if he's good-looking? Oh, Who is he and what does he want? Uh, I'm sorry, Mr. White. He, he's looking for a position. Well, why bother me about it? Send him to Kenzie, the office manager. But he's looking for a reporter's position, and, and you always interview reporters yourself. Well, I'm not interviewing any today. I've got enough reporters. Too many, as a matter of fact, for my peace of mind. Send him away. I... Wait a minute. Did you say he was a reporter? Yes, sir. Will you see him? Huh. Will I? You bet I will. And if he's any kind of a reporter, I'll... Oh, send him in, Stackrack. Send him right in. Yes, sir. Oh, and this is rich. Oh, well, what is? Uh, this. This. It works out perfectly. I said I was going to teach Kent a lesson, didn't I? Huh? Well, sure, but I don't care. Oh, you will. You will, and so will Kent. He thinks that... Now, come in. Come in. Oh, come in, Miller. Come in. Uh, glad to see you. Why, you may be just the man I'm looking for. Cordially, Perry White invites the slim, blonde young man into his office, unaware that he is facing the most dangerous man who ever lived. For this is Henry Miller, the German atomic monster created by der Teufel to conquer Superman, and he is about to be hired as a reporter for the Daily Planet. What will happen? Don't miss tomorrow's thrill-packed episode when Superman meets what may be his master. Tune in, same time, same station, and listen to The Adventures of Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Fellows and girls, be sure to follow the adventures of Superman. Brought to you every day, Monday through Friday, same time, same station, by the grand old Kellogg Company of Battle Creek. And for other thrilling adventures of Superman, see your local newspaper. Superman is also a copyrighted feature, appearing in Superman DC Publications. Behold my process. Ooh, yeah, we do something right here, aha! Uh-huh. It's the Loot Crate subscription box, yeah! With an exclusive loot on surprises and delivered to your door every month! Just pick up your favorite geeky genre, daddy! Ha-ha! <laughs> 
from the original Loot Crate, the Loot Crate DX collectible boxes, dude! Cowabunga! To the Loot Gaming video game box! Woohoo! Yeehoo! Wowzers! With crates starting as large as 11 dollars per month, there's a box just about for all collectors in. To get your geek on, head over to phoenixmedia.us forward slash loot crate and claim your exclusive offer. That's f-e-n-i-x media.us forward slash loot crate. Great Scott! Snap into a loot crate, it. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane, no, it's Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet, more powerful than a locomotive, able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane, it's Superman! Making deadly use of a small piece of kryptonite, the strange green glowing metallic substance that robs Superman of all his strength and power, the half-crazed but brilliant Nazi scientist known as Der Teufel, the devil, created a human monster he has called the Atom Man, in whose veins flows a solution of the kryptonite capable of developing enough atomic energy to destroy anything in its path, including Superman. Posing as Henry Miller, Heinrich Milch, the young American educated Nazi who has been given this unlimited power, came to America under Twinkle's orders, and at this very moment is applying for a job at the Daily Planet in order to make contact with Superman. As he enters Editor Perry White's office, he seems to be a normal young man, blonde and Nordic-looking, but now speaking perfect English, all traces of his accent gone. Also missing for the moment are the metal mesh gloves and tiny electronic throat converter that transform him into the dread atom man. Listen. Uh, come in. Come in, Miller. Come in. Thank you, sir. Uh, close the door. Oh, I better leave, Mr. White. No, stick around, Olson. This is going to be fun. So, you'd like a reporter's job, eh? I would if there's one open, sir. Oh, there's one open, all right, and a very good one, too. Oh, uh, incidentally, meet Jim Olson, one of our cubs. How do you do, Mr. Olson? I'm glad to meet you. Yes, there's a job open. I just lost my key man. Or maybe I should say he lost me. Now, Miller, uh, what's your background? Uh, Who have you worked for? Well, sir, I've been... Um... Overseas for a number of years. Oh, return vet, eh? Good. You boys deserve all the breaks. Yes, sir, there's not enough we can do for you. You hear that, Olson? A return vet. Yes, Mr. White. Now, where'd you work before you went in, Clark? Well, I spent a year on the Denver Clarion and six months on the Chicago Herald. Hmm, two good papers. Anything special to do? No, sir, just general reporting. Huh. All right, you've got the job. Fifty a week to start and a raise in a month to become through. How's that sound? Sounds fine, sir. I don't know how to think. Forget it, forget it. Any man who risked his life fighting for me deserves everything I can give him. Oh, Olson. Yes, Chief? But what did I tell you about that chief business? You know my name! Yes, Chief. I mean, Mr. White. Take Miller into Kent's office. Clear out Kent's desk. Oh, you better not do that, Mr. White. What did you say? Mr. Kent will like it. He's got a lot of private papers in his desk. I don't care whether he's got a pink elephant and a family of pygmies. I said clear out his desk, and I mean clear it out. Now, go ahead. Before you get tossed out on your on your ear. Yes, sir. Just follow me, Mr. Miller. Okay. Uh, good luck, Miller. Good luck. Uh, I'm sure you'll work out. I hope so, sir. I'll try hard. And tell Miss Blackrack Olson that if Kent does break his heart and come in, I don't want to see him. Yes, Mr. White. <laughs> Mr. White seems to have quite a temper. Yeah, but his bark is worse than his bite. I'll show you Mr. Kent's office, but if I were you, I wouldn't clear out the desk when Mr. Kent gets back. It's over this way. Uh, who is this Kent fella? What does he do, go on three-day drunks? Oh, are you kidding? 
My Ken wouldn't touch a drink with a ten-foot pole. He doesn't smoke either. He's the best reporter on the paper. The best in the country. Then how come he never shows up? Well, he shows up. Right now he's out on a big story, I guess. Here's his office. Hmm, not bad. I'm going to like this job. Well, don't be too sure. What do you mean? Well, Mr. White's okay, but he can run your ragged sometimes. I started here as a copy boy, and I know. You've got to be able to move as fast as Superman sometimes. Did you say Superman? Yeah, and that's no joke. No, Superman is hardly a joke. I understand that you have uh, some contact with him here at the Daily Planet. Well, who told you that? I don't remember now. Is it true? Well, sort of. Uh, does he actually wear a blue costume and a red cape? Or haven't you ever seen him? Oh, I've seen him all right, plenty of times. Sure he does. How would you contact him if you needed him? Oh, you better ask Miss Lane that question. Miss Lane? Mm-hmm, Lois Lane. She's our star girl reporter. I think you ought to meet her. She's in this next office. Come in. Hi, Jim. Hi, Miss Lane. I'd like you to meet Mr. Miller, a new reporter Mr. White just hired. Well, welcome to the Daily Planet, Mr. Miller. How do you do? Jim, please close that door, will you? Oh, sure. The racket of those typewriters just about drives me crazy. Thanks, Jim. Well, so you've joined the ranks. Is that it, Mr. Miller? The deadline fraternity. Harry White's trained seals. <laughs> Is it as bad as all that? No, not really. We take a beating, but we have a lot of fun. Right, Jim? Huh? Oh, yeah, sure. Well, what's eating you, James? Who, me? Uh-huh. Wait. Why, nothing. Oh, now, come on, come on. I know that down-in-the-mouth, Olson. Look, what is it? Mr. Miller is taking Mr. Kent's place. Oh, that's fine. I'm off... What did you say? Mr. Kent's been fired. Mr. Miller is taking his place. Who said so? The chief, Mr. White. Oh, the chief. For a minute, you had me worried. By this time, Jim, you ought to know better than to take the little Napoleon at his word. Both Clark and I have been fired at least 15 times in the last year. <laughs> is that so? Oh, but this time it's for keeps. Oh, nonsense, Jim. I tell you, Miss Lane, this time Mr. White means it. Don't worry, Jim. The minute Clark sticks his nose in that door, it'll be all... What's going to happen the minute I stick my nose in the door? Oh, Mr. Kent. Hi, Jim. <laughs> Clark, you're in trouble. Meet Mr. Miller, the man who's taking your place on the paper. Clark. Clark, I'm talking to you. This is Mr. Miller. Clark. Dazed as though someone had suddenly cut him across the face with a whip. Clark Kent, almost a little frightened, feels a strange weakness creeping over him as the solution of kryptonite in Henry Miller's veins begins to take some effect even without the metal mesh gloves and the electronic converter. This is the first meeting of the Atom Man and Superman, although neither is aware of the other's true identity. Something startling is bound to happen, so stay tuned in for the dramatic climax in a few moments. But right now, here's a word from your announcer. You know, uh, most of the gang wear their new Kellogg's Pep comic buttons pinned on their jacket or dress or cap so everybody can see how many they've collected. But I met up with a girl yesterday who pins hers on a piece of black velvet her mother gave her. You know, like medals. Of course, it doesn't matter how you keep them as long as you're keeping up with the other kids. Rounding out your collection of all 18 different buttons. You'll want Smiling Jack and Lilums and Smitty and Superman, of course, and all the other true-to-life pictures of your favorite comic strip friends. Now, any duplicates you get, you'll want to swap with your friends. That's part of the fun. And it's also fun to compare notes and see who's got the most different buttons every day. So don't miss out, gang. Get to work on your collection right away. Ask Mom to get you a package of that super delicious Kellogg's Pep. Because that's the only way you can get these new comic buttons. You don't send in any money, not even a box stop. You can't buy them anywhere. But inside every package of Pep, there's a swell prize. One of these brand new colorful comic buttons. Or a military insignia or warplane button. It's a prize for you. From P.
E.P. Pep, made by Kellogg's of Battle Creek. Now, back to the adventures of Superman. A strange scene is taking place in Lois Lane's office at the Daily Planet. Clark Kent, in reality Superman, is facing for the first time young Heinrich Milk, alias Henry Miller, in whose veins flows a solution of kryptonite that makes of him a deadly atom man. As Lois Lane and Jimmy Olsen look on in bewilderment, Kent pales as he feels a strange weakness coming over him. Listen. Clark, what's the matter with you? I I don't know, Lois. Oh, don't you feel well, Mr. Kent? Here, sit down. I uh, think perhaps I'd better leave. No, no, no. I'm sorry, Mr. Mr. Uh... Miller, Clark. I'm sorry, Mr. Miller, but... It's I... all right. I've got some unpacking to do anyway. I'll see you all later. Bye. 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 Now, Clark, what's the matter with you? I... I don't know, Lois. Well, you look simply ghastly. Where have you been the last few days? Germany. Germany? Jeepers. Now, wait a minute. You left here on Monday, and today is Wednesday. It's almost like the weakness the kryptonite gave me. What's that? Huh? What, did I say something? I'm sorry. You said you were in Germany, Mr. Kent. Well, I said that. Clark, what in the name of heaven has come over you? Nothing, Lois. Nothing, really. Well, do you realize what's going on around you? I don't understand you, Lois. I don't know what you're talking about. Look, you better go in and see Perry White. What for? Well, for one thing, he's your employer, and every employer likes to see his employees once in a while. And for another thing, you've been fired. What, again? Well, this time it's serious, Mr. Kent. Really, Jim? Yeah, that's why Mr. White hired that Miller guy to take your place. What Miller guy? Oh, good heavens. Clark, go right in to see the chief, will you? Why? Go ahead now. Open the door, Jim. All right. Oh, uh, go ahead, Clark. All right, I'm going. You don't have to push. All the crazy things. Close that door, Jim, will you? What's wrong with him, Miss Lane? I don't know, but it's serious, Jim. Which key connects with Mr. White's office on the intercom? Uh, number three. Yes? What is it? Oh, it's Lois Lane, Chief. Clark Kent is coming into your office. Oh, no, he's not. Chief, now listen to me. There's something wrong with Clark. You telling me? I mean, seriously. Keep him in your office as long as you can. Now, don't let him go. I'll be in there soon. Oh, what's that number? Oh, what number, Miss Lane? I've got it here in my book somewhere. I think it's right. Here it is. Three, seven, four, eight. Sorry. Three, seven, four, eight. Oh, I hope the chief keeps him there. He sure didn't act right. That's right. Hello? Uh, Mr. Grady, please. Well, he was completely irrational, Jim. It's the most incredible thing I've ever seen. Hello? Mr. Grady? Mr. Grady, I need your help. We have a reporter here at the Daily Planet who seems to have had a nervous breakdown. Yes, he's suddenly become completely irrational. Well, I'd like you to send for him immediately and take him out to your restaurant. Yes, you'll need at least two strong men because I'm sure he won't consent to go along willingly once he's been... Convinced that Clark Kent is in the process of losing his mind, Lois is making emergency arrangements to have him picked up and taken away for treatment. Unaware that Kent's trouble is that he has unknowingly met up with his deadliest and most powerful enemy, the newly created Atom Man. Now with two burly attendants on their way for Kent, the Atom Man's search for Superman and Superman's efforts to escape from the weakening effects of his one undefeatable enemy, the powerful atomic energy contained in kryptonite, takes a strange new twist. Will these two meet again, the Man of Steel and the Atom Man? When? Where? There's excitement ahead, excitement and spine-tingling suspense in this battle to the death. So don't miss a single thrilling word of it. Tune in tomorrow, same time, same station... And follow the adventures of Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. 
Fellows and girls, be sure to follow the adventures of Superman. Brought to you every day, Monday through Friday, same time, same station, by the grand old Kellogg Company of Battle Creek. And for other thrilling adventures of Superman, see your local newspaper. Superman is also a copyrighted feature, appearing in Superman DC Publications. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. No, it's Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane, it's Superman! While the famed American scientist, Dr. Millicent, works feverishly to develop an atomic detector able to recognize the presence of Superman's deadliest enemy, kryptonite, which robs the man of steel of his strength if he ventures within ten feet of it, Nazi Germany's evil genius, Der Teufel, has made good use of the piece of kryptonite he stole from the Scarlet Widow. At this very moment, a young man presenting himself as Henry Miller has secured a reporter's job on the Daily Planet. In actuality, Miller is Teufel's Atom Man, a human monster in whose veins flows a kryptonite solution that, with the aid of metallic gloves and an electronic converter, can generate enough atomic energy to subdue the world. But the Atom Man has orders first to find and destroy Superman, protector of truth and justice. As you remember, Miller unknowingly met Superman in his guise of Clark Kent in Lois Lane's office at the Daily Planet. There, a strange thing happened. Even without the aid of the metal gloves and converter, the kryptonite in the atom man's veins weakened and dazed Kent. Worried and concerned at what seemed to be Kent's irrational condition, Lois called a man who operates a rest farm. Mr. Brady, you've got to help me. We have a reporter here at the office who seems to have had a nervous breakdown. Yes, yes, he's definitely irrational. Well, I suggest you send two attendants up to get him, because I'm certain he'll resist once he learns he's being... As we continue now, Kent and Lois are with Editor Perry White in the latter's office. Lois is making every effort to humor Kent, while waiting for the rest farm attendants to arrive, and winking at Perry White to make him understand. Of course you're all right, Clark. There's nothing the matter with you. Uh, nothing. Well, what are you winking at me for? Winking? W- winking, Chief? You heard me, Winking! If there's something wrong with you, Lois, you're nervous as a cat. Oh, nervous? Well, I'm as calm as a kitten. And then, for the love of Pete, stop winging at me. It's driving me crazy. Oh, Chief, sometimes you're an obtuse fool. What did you say? Now, look, Lois... What did you say, Miss Lane? What kind of a fool am I? An obtuse fool. O-B-T-U-S-E. It means dull and stupid. You keep out of this, Kent. You don't work here anymore. And from this moment on, young lady, neither do you. You're fired. Again. This time it's for keeps. This time I... What's that? Your inter-office phone. Who asked you? Yes? What is it? Mr. Grady's men are out here to see Miss Lane. Who's Mr. Grady? Oh, and... tell Miss Backrack to send them in, will you, Chief? I will not. What do you think this office is? A cattle ranch? All right, I'll do it myself. But, 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 but why have all this... You keep those men out of this office. This is my office, and I want to have it cut it up with every dumb dick and Harry. Okay, Bob, take it easy. It's a nice day out. How about coming for a walk, huh? Are you crazy? No, he ain't, Bob. Hey. Uh, Take his arm, Charlie. Okay. Let go of me, you, 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 you ghost. Wait a minute, wait a minute. That's the wrong one. It's that one. Who, me? Yes, Clark. Uh, these gentlemen want to take you for a walk. A, a walk in the sunshine. Yeah, with the boys and the bees and the squirrels. Right down, Charlie. Come on, pal. We ain't gonna hurt you. Oh, wait a minute. What's going on here? 
Lois, can you explain this? Well, uh, you see, Clark, it's uh, this way. Um, I, I don't think you're very well. And you don't think... Well, it's... I just arranged for you to go and, and rest. Well, that's all it is, really. Isn't that so, gentlemen? Yeah, sure. You're going to get a nice long rest, Val. Take his arm, Charlie. Okay. Now, wait a minute. This is what I think it is. We'll means. do all the thinking, Val. That's what we get paid for. Come on. Now, just a minute, please. We're in kind of a hurry, Val. Now, are you going to come along quiet-like, or do we have to meet with the business? You mean if I ask who you two individuals are? I'll explain later, Chief. Nobody's interested in your explanation. Look, Pop, don't get in our hair. That's all we got to say. Just don't get in our hair. I'll get in more than your hair before I'm through. I'll... Wait a minute. I'll... Wait a minute. Oh, do you think I'm crazy? No, Clark, but I do Grab think... Grab him, Charlie. He's at... Okay. Uh, cut that out. Now, now, cut it out, oh, I said. This is terrible. Grab another arm, Charlie. Unable to reveal his true strength, Clark Kent decides to submit as the two attendants force him out of the office despite Perry White's frantic protests. Meanwhile, in a shabby basement room in the heart of Metropolis, Henry Miller, the Atom Man, is reporting to his creator, De Teufel. As I say, getting the job at the Daily Planet was nothing. Making contact with Superman is going to be another matter. You made, of course, some preliminary inquiries. I questioned a young reporter named Olson, but he couldn't give me much information. He referred me to a Miss Lane. Yeah, Lois Lane. A very clever young woman. You spoke with her? Well, not really. Clark Kent came in just at that time. Clark Kent? Yeah, I know him well. Now, listen to me. They have given you a reporter's card? Yes. Good. Unfortunately, I will not be able to keep in very close contact with you, at least until Superman is in your power. Not only the police and the FBI, but hired gunmen in the employ of the Scarlet Widow are looking for me. Therefore, it will be necessary for you to operate on your own. You are not afraid, are you? With the metal gloves and the converter in my pocket, I'm not afraid of anyone, Teufel. Spoken well, my atom man, spoken well. Now, here is what you will do. The editorial offices of the Daily Planet are almost deserted following the printing of the final edition at 7 o'clock in the evening. Mm -hmm. That much I know. Tonight, between 7 and 8, you will go to the Planet and carefully search the desks of the editor, Miss Lane, and Clark Kent for any information you can find that will lead you to contacting Superman. And if I find no such information? I feel certain you will learn something at the offices of the Daily Planet. Perhaps enough to accomplish what has been my dream for years. What's that? To bring the great and powerful Superman to his knees. To see him groveling before me, begging for mercy, to watch him die. Slowly and painfully. Go, my man. Go and do this thing for me. Gloating even before the kill. The Teufel, his half-crazed mind alive with the thought of subduing the American symbol of truth and decency, sends his deadly, monstrous atom man on the way. We'll return in a moment to learn what happens in the darkened offices of the Daily Planet. But right now, here's a word from your announcer. You know, gang, you're missing out on something the other kids are having a lot of fun with, unless you're collecting those new comic buttons from packages of Kellogg's Pet. You're going to be out in the cold when the fellows and girls compare notes and... Tell how many different buttons they've collected so far and swap their duplicates. So, better hop to it. There are 18 different buttons in this new comic strip series, you know. Each one with a speaking likeness of one of your favorite funny sheet characters. And the best part is, you don't have to send in a single penny for these sharp new comic buttons. Not even a buck stop. 
Fact is, you can't buy them anywhere, but you can ask Mom to get you a package of that super delicious whole wheat flake cereal, Kellogg's Pep. Inside each package, there's a thrilling prize, one of these bright new comic buttons or a military insignia or warplane button. Remember, that's P-E-P, Pep, made by Kellogg's of Battle Creek. And now, back to the adventures of Superman. Unable to reveal his supernatural strength in the presence of Lois Lane and editor Perry White, Clark Kent decided to submit to being placed in a straitjacket and taken to a rest farm, all because Lois believes he has become temporarily irrational. It is now seven o'clock in the evening. Off in the distance, a steeple bell tolls the hour. Left alone for the first time since he was carried into the rest farm, Kent studies the small room he is in. Well, the door is locked and bolted, but those iron bars on the window shouldn't be too difficult to bend. I'll fix Lois for this one of these fine days. First off with these clothes. <sighs> Irrational, am I? Well, you'll make a public apology to me, Miss Lane, before I'm through. There, that does it. Now how to tackle those bars as Superman. I don't want to break them. Just bend them enough to get out and bend them back. No sense letting them suspect who they had here. Let's see now, these two should do it. There we are. Should be able to squeeze through that opening. Well, here goes. So, made it. Not by much. Now to get the bars back in shape. They'll be puzzling this out for a long time to come, those two dodo birds who brought me here. So, set straight as a die. Nowhere. Let's see, it's a little after seven. Nobody at the office now. I think I'll drop in and leave a note for Jimmy. Got to be able to contact someone at the office. Up! Up! And away! Leaping into the darkened sky, Superman wings to the heart of the city. Fair moments later, drops down on the 20th story ledge of his own office window. Well, this is a lot faster than elevators. Up with the window. And inside. I better leave a note in an envelope or someone may think it's a... That's funny. There's a man in Lois's office rummaging through a desk. Great Scott, it's that new reporter the chief hired. Miller. I'll teach him to go through other people's desks. Give him the scare of his life. Having a good time, my friend? Superman. Well, is that all you've got to say? No. I'll have something more to say in just a minute. Yes, plenty more to say. Startled at having suddenly come face to face with the one person he has traveled 4,000 miles to find, Henry Miller's hands slip into the pockets of his jacket reaching for the metal mesh gloves and electronic converter that will transform him from an ordinary human being into a destructive monster, an atom man. He can scarcely believe his good fortune, scarcely believe that the broad-shouldered costumed figure standing in the doorway is the object of his search, and Superman, unaware of what he is in for, looks on. What will happen? The man of atoms and the man of steel face one another now. This is the vital moment. So don't fail to hear tomorrow's tense, exciting episode when only a miracle saves Superman from destruction. Tune in, same time, same station tomorrow for the further adventures of Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Fellows and girls, be sure to follow the adventures of Superman. Brought to you every day, Monday through Friday, same time, same station, by the grand old Kellogg Company of Battle Creek. 
And for other thrilling adventures of Superman, see your local newspaper. Superman is also a copyrighted feature, appearing in Superman DC Publications. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. No, it's Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane, it's Superman! Using a solution of intensely radioactive kryptonite, which is Superman's mortal enemy, a brilliant but crazed Nazi scientist named Der Teufel created an atomic monster able to generate tremendous destructive power within his body. Teufel sent the human monster, a young American-educated German using the name Henry Miller, to America, where, as his first assignment, he was to find and conquer Superman. Speaking perfect English, Miller secured a position as a reporter on the Daily Planet and was introduced to Clark Kent, who, as we all know, is in reality Superman. In the presence of the kryptonite in Miller's blood, Kent became momentarily dazed and irrational. Believing that he was losing his mind, Lois Lane had him taken to a rest farm, from where the Man of Steel escaped that evening. Returning to the seemingly deserted planet office, he found Miller rifling Lois's desk and challenged him. Having a good time, my friend? Superman. Well, is that all you've got to say? No. I'll have something more to say in just a moment. Quickly, Miller's hands dart into his jacket pockets, fumbling for the metal mesh gloves and electronic throat converter that will transform him into a deadly atom man. And unaware of his great danger, Superman stands in the doorway, arms akimbo, a disdainful smile playing about his lips. You're reaching for a gun, Miller. You're wasting your time. You'll see what I'm... Someone's coming just by luck. Don't move, Miller. Stay where you are. Look! Superman. Good evening, Lois. Jim. Well, leaping lizards. What are you doing here, Superman? I caught this man rifling your desk. What man? Why, he's Henry Miller. He's our new reporter. I can explain. Stay where you are. As you wish. Superman is making a great to-do about nothing, Miss Lane. I missed my gold cigarette case at dinner. It's quite valuable, and I happen to be very fond of it. I thought that I might have left it in my desk, so I came back for it. This is my first day at the planet, you know. And in the dim light, I must have mistaken your office for mine. What's that? Yes, my office is right next to Miss Lane. That's Clark Kent's office. Oh, he's right, Superman. No, he's right. Clark has been acting very strange lately, staying away from the office for days at a time. And Perry White finally got set up and fired him, and he hired Mr. Miller to take his place. So that's it. Yeah, and it's a dirty trick if you ask me. Well, it looks as if I owe you an apology, Mr. Miller. Oh, that's quite all right. I can see where my being in Miss Lane's office looks suspicious. It was a perfectly natural mistake. Hey, what's cooking, Superman? How'd you happen to be here tonight? Oh, uh, why, I, I dropped in to see Kent. To see Kent? Yes, oh, I... Are you and he working on something together? Well, in a way, Jim. That's very interesting. Is it, Mr. Miller? Uh, why, you're a very per- famous person. Kent must be very clever to work with. Why, well, he sure is. I think Miss Lane would know it by this time. But no, she makes up her mind he's seeing things and has him sent away to a rest farm. Now, Jim, I did it for his own good. As I said, Clark has been acting very strange. And this afternoon, right in this office, you were here, Jim. And you too, Mr. Miller. I remember. He became positively irrational. He seemed dazed, and, and he said a lot of things that just didn't make any sense at all. Well, so what? He probably had something on his mind. Of course. Kent's as sane as, well, as I am, Miss Lane. 
You had no right to send him away. There, you see, Miss Lane. I did it for his own good, Jim. I thought he'd, well, I'd get a lot of good out of a stay at the Grady Rest Farm. You were much too hasty. I'll see that he's released. Oh, you will? Yes, at once. I've got to be running along. A friend of mine is waiting for me. That is, if you're quite satisfied, I'm not a deadly criminal, Superman. Well, Miss Lane and I both seem to have been a bit hasty today. Sorry, Miller. No hard feelings, I hope. None at all. This has been a most instructive evening. Most instructive. What do you mean? Meeting Superman and all that. Well, good night, everyone. Good night, Miller. Good night. Are you going to the rest farm and get Mr. Kent out now, Superman? What? Oh, yes, Jim. I, you know, I'll just down a moment. I... What? Hey, what? What's the matter, Superman? The matter? Yes, don't you feel well? Is something wrong with you? Wrong? I don't know. Alarmed, Lois and Jimmy stare at the broad-shouldered man of steel who sits heavily in a chair, his eyes slightly grazed, and a strange weakness flowing through his body. He hears Lois and Jimmy dimly. What is it, Superman? Yo, what's the matter? As from the back of his mind, a voice, his own voice, speaks to the man of steel. I... I'll be all right. I can't understand. There's no kryptonite around here. Send that water, Jim. Okay. Gosh, I can't understand it. They can't understand it. Neither can you. What's happening? Are there other things? Things besides kryptonite that can weaken you? Would you like me to call a doctor? A uh, doctor? No. No, no, of course not. Thanks, Jim. There. Do you feel any better? Oh, yes, yes, thanks, much. That ring, it may be... Oh, don't try to get up yet. Rest a little bit longer. Oh, I'm, I'm all right now, quite all right. Excuse me, will you? Uh, come into Kent's office a moment, will you, Jim? Oh, sure, you bet. Shall I come, too? No, no, stay where you are, please. We'll be just a moment. Gosh, what is it, Superman? What happened? Close the door, Jim. Oh, Sure. Now, listen. Would you like to do something for me? Oh, golly, sure. Of course. What is it? Miss Lane is wearing a new ring. It has a green stone. A green stone? Yes. It's on the little finger of her left hand. I want you to get it for me. Well, you want me to get Miss Lane's ring? That's right. Why? What for? Never mind. I'm asking this as a personal favor. Will you do it? Well, well sure. Then take it to Dr. John Millicent. His laboratory is in the science building at Metropolis University. Oh, I know where it is. I took something there from Mr. Kent a few days ago. But why... Never mind the questions. Just get the ring and rush it to Dr. Millicent. Tell Miss Lane I admired it and, and want to copy it or something. Okay, I'll get it. Good. But are you going to get Mr. Kent out of that, that rest farm? You take care of the ring and I'll take care of Kent. Is that a deal? Oh, it sure is, and thanks a million. I'm awful worried about him. Oh, so my. What? Oh, nothing, nothing, Jim. Just get Miss Lane's ring to Dr. Millicent as fast as you can. So long now. Oh, wait. The door isn't that way. This window will do. So long, Jim. Up! Up! And away! Leaping into the dark, star-filled sky, the man of steel streaks from the planet building and heads for Metropolis University to await Jimmy's arrival with Lois Lane's ring. Is it possible that someone has given Lois a ring with a stone made of kryptonite? 
We'll know in a moment, so keep listening. But right now, here's a word from your announcer. You know, the other day I heard of a family with five children, three boys and two girls, and they're all collecting the new comic buttons that come as prizes in packages of Kellogg's Pep. At first, they all used to dive in for the button whenever Mom opened a package of Pep, but that didn't work out very well, so now they take turns. Of course, since there are five of them, they eat a lot of that super delicious whole wheat flake cereal. So their turns come up pretty often. Then, if they happen to get duplicates, they exchange them with each other. And you know what? Each one of those kids has already collected five different buttons. And are they enthusiastic about the colorful, true-to-life pictures of their favorite funny sheet friends? Anybody would be. Why, Moon Mullen's eyes are popping, just like in the funny papers. And Herbie has his books under his arm. And Superman looks as if he's going to say any minute, Up, up, and away. You know how he says it. Anyway, altogether there are 18 different buttons, you know, and they're easy to collect. You don't have to send in a single penny, not even a box stop, and you can't buy them anywhere. You just ask Mom to get you some of that super delicious whole wheat flake cereal, Kellogg's Pet. Inside each package, there's an exciting prize, one of these new comic buttons or a military insignia or warplane button. That's P-E-P, Pet, made by Kellogg's of Battle Creek. Now, back to the adventures of Superman. <laughs> laboratory of Dr. John Milliston, Superman stands some 20 feet away from the white-haired scientist who is examining Lois Lane's ring under a microscope. Evidently satisfied, Millison leaves his stool and approaches the man of steel who steps back hurriedly. Wait, doctor. Don't come near me. It's all right, Superman. This ring didn't cause those weak spells. It didn't? You mean the stone isn't kryptonite. It's a type of milky jade. Jade? Well, then why did I start to lose my strength twice today in Miss Lane's office? I felt exactly as I did when I was near the kryptonite. Strange. I don't understand it. Not being able to understand it, I'm worried. If things like this keep happening... Don't lose your head, my boy. But, Doctor, nothing else in the world can affect me like that. Nothing but kryptonite. Doctor, I think Der Teufel has begun his plot against me. Wait a minute. I... I can't wait any longer. The only thing that can save me now is the atomic detector you're developing for me. With that to warn me of the approach of the kryptonite, I'll at least be able to get away before it overcomes me. You said it would be ready this evening, is it? No, and it may never be. What? What do you mean? I'd gladly give ten years of my life if I didn't have to say this, Superman, but... Well, we ran into difficulties just when we thought the detector was completed. You mean? We haven't been able to solve the problem yet, and frankly... Well, I don't know if we ever will be able to. Great Scott. What can I do now? What can I do? Helplessly, Superman stares at Dr. Millicent. His one last hope of protection against the kryptonite seemingly gone. And unknown to the Man of Steel... The danger he fears is even closer to him than he suspects, due to an error he himself made in Lois Lane's office. At this very moment, Henry Miller, the dread atom man, is in a telephone booth, conveying an important message to the brilliant, half-mad Nazi scientist at the other end of the wire. Teufel, it is I, Miller. We have nothing to worry about from now on. Yes, that's right. Well, I made a wonderful discovery tonight. I know exactly how to contact Superman whenever you decide to get rid of him. Of course I know what I'm saying. Yes, yes, I'll be right over. Goodbye. What does the Atom Man mean? How can he contact Superman at will? Every moment is tense now, fellows and girls, as the greatest menace the world has ever known draws closer to the Man of Steel and to all civilization. Don't fail to be with us Monday for a thrill a minute as Teufel and the Atom Man close in. Be sure to listen, same time, same station, to the adventures of Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. 
able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane, it's Superman! Fellows and girls, be sure to follow the adventures of Superman. Brought to you every day, Monday through Friday, same time, same station, by the grand old Kellogg Company of Battle Creek. And for other thrilling adventures of Superman, see your local newspaper. Superman is also a copyrighted feature, appearing in Superman DC Publications. Get this and previous episodes of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater wherever you get podcasts or by visiting phoenixmedia.us forward slash silverageheroes. Join us again, same bat time, same bat station, for another presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. Excelsior!